Welcome to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. Join us on our journey as the host, Martin Perdomo, the elite strategist, talks about how ordinary people can become extraordinary with the power of real estate investing. Here, he and his guests share their expert knowledge on how to create wealth through real estate investing, the mindset required to become a millionaire, and what it takes to master the craft. Hey guys, this is Martin Perdomo, the Elite Strategist, and you're listening to Latinos and Real Estate Investing Podcast. And today I want to talk about the Ukraine and Russia conflict and the effects that it's going to have on us as real estate investors. See, I've been spending a lot of time listening to and following a lot of um, different investors and different programs, and I listen to a lot of economists, and I listen to a lot of different really, really smart people. And I also do a lot of studying about the, on the markets, on the real estate markets, and what's happening with cap rates, and what's happening with inventory, and what's happening with with rental costs, and and um, and increases, and 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 inflation, and I, there's all of these factors that are affecting and that could and are affecting the real estate market. So there's this one thing no one is talking about, okay, that, that I haven't found anyone talking about. And what I want to talk about today is the price of oil and the effects that's going to have on us and, and, our, and our clients, right? Because um, ultimately, our clients, our residents, or our buyers, if you're flipping, I do both. I flip. So my end buyer has to heat up that house, right? My end buyer has to commute to their job. My my end buyer, when I rent a property, when I when I buy and I and I, and I put a, a rental on the market, I got to consider my end buyer and how all of this is going to affect them, which in turn is going to affect is going to go up to me, and how it's going to affect me, my investors, my team. And my business. So, first thing you ha- we have. To, let me give you some context here. Okay, the first thing is that you have to understand that Russia, Russia is the number one oil provider in Europe. They provide about forty percent of the the oil to Europe. As you may or may not know, the United States and EU and the European nations have put heavy sanctions on Russia. Right, heavy financial sanctions on Russia. So. The production now that now that Russia is invading Ukraine, the production of oil is going to go down, right? So production goes down, prices go up, right? Now think about this: they are the number one provider of oil in Europe. So what happens to those nations that were buying oil, consuming oil from Russia in Europe? Now they have to go to the same places that. The rest of the world goes to um, buy oil from where U.S. buys oil from, which now puts a strain on production on those companies. Okay, so when demand goes up, right, prices go up, right? When demand goes down, prices go down, right? So now we're gonna we're gonna see a de- high demand to. Every the world is now moving in a different direction to buy oil because of all of the sanctions. Everyone's mad at Russia, rightfully so. Uh, they they they're, they've invaded Ukraine, right? So everyone's mad at Russia. So now everyone's going to start buying oil from different places. Now, 
when those people, when those countries, those nations buy oil from different places, now the demand is there's pressures on demand. Now they they got to put more output. These these oil companies have to put more output to meet the world's demand. And now they got to raise the prices, right? Because they got to hire more people. They got to put more people around the clock. Those people, they got to pay them more to work harder. Maybe those people have to work overtime, right? So now their cost goes up. The cost per barrel goes up. And now that cost ultimately is met at the pump. And here is where the effects that this is going to have on us as real estate investors. So now I personally believe that we're going to see anywhere between Seven and ten dollar oil per gallon on for gas prices. Now, then you add to that when you add to that that rents have gone up. Last year went up between fifteen and thirty percent. Some experts say between fifteen and forty percent, depending on the city. Rents have gone up drastically. Real estate, the purchases of a of a of, of a house has gone up. The equity and and, and houses house values went up about twenty one percent year over year. So we have inflation, number one. Now you add a war and you, you you add a reduction in production of oil around the world, which increases and pushes inflation even more. And I think we're going to see 7 to $10 gas prices. That's not far-fetched, guys. Some places in California, my listeners in California, you know that there's some places out there that you're already seeing $6 per gallon of gas prices. I think we're going to see anywhere between eight and ten dollars a, a gallon of gas prices. So now here's the challenge. So how does this all affect and impact us, right? As investors, how does this impact us? I'm going to share a quick story. I recently went to a a, a real estate commercial real estate investors conference. There was wonderful data given there to us, right? We talked about how great the market is. Uh, they talked about how awesome. I, we think it's going to be an amazing year this year. They, they were suggesting how how great 2022 is going to be, that we might have the best year in terms of commercial transactions for the year. And I tend to disagree with that, right? There, when you look at when you look at the data, there nationwide, there seems to be about two months of of inventory on the market, right? There's two months of inventory on the market, which is good. The supply is down. And the mine is high. So, yes, that indicates that the market is going to keep going up. The challenge is that with everything else going up, right? So if we had 15 to 30 or 40%, depending on who you talk to, increase in rent. And last year, we only had a 4% increase in wages, right? And now um, we had a 21% increase in values. And now we also, we have this this conflict in Europe with Russia and Ukraine, and gas prices are going to go up. They are. They've gone up consecutively since the day I've, con- I've recorded. I'm recording this this today in, in, in March. For the last 10 days consecutively, gas prices have gone up every single day, right? And gas prices going up, people's wages only going up by 4%. Now, Will people, at what point will there be a breaking point for the regular working class folks to break? The, what point does that happen, right? Now, I have a working class family that's paying higher prices for electric, higher prices for food, $7, $8 a, a gallon of ga- for, for gasoline. They're paying higher rent. 
They're paying higher house prices. Where in the world, how in the world can we sustain this long term? Now, I, I learned some time ago that in business, you have to be optimistic, but you have to be cautiously optimi optimistic. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that what you don't know can kill you, right? Which is what happened to me in 2008. In 2008, 2007, when I first bought my first house and I was in the mortgage business and I was killing it, I was making a ton of money because I wasn't studying, because I wasn't a student of the game and I was doing what everyone else was doing. And I wasn't thinking of everything else that's out there that can kill me. It literally killed my business, literally put me out of business because I wasn't paying attention. So my question is here, guys, what are we doing as investors to protect ourselves against this, right? Are we being overzealous? So like I was saying earlier, I was at this conference and everyone was talking, all the speakers were, were talking about how great how amazing and how amazing things are and how amazing things are going to be. And I was quite disappointed because in life and in business, things aren't always perfect. Things don't always go the way you plan. And I've learned, like I said earlier in business, that you what you don't know can kill you. And what you don't plan for can kill you. If you're over leveraged or you're hedging your bets, and you're buying really high because you're counting or you're banking on equity or you're banking on an appreciation and you're banking that that we're going to continue to get these these overinflated rents and that the middle class working people are not going to break you are absolutely tripping it's actually an insult for to to me to believe that we're not going to have, that there's not going to be some type of flattening out, guys. So again, this is my opinion, right? Based on my studying, based on my logic, based on me processing and reasoning with this thing. What are we doing to protect ourselves against that, right? So now we have middle-class people paying more for rent, more for mortgages, more for heating up their houses, right? So so what happens to, to me when I'm flipping a house is that if it's an oil house, think about this. If my buyer has to heat up that house with oil, and now the price per oil to heat up that house is five or six or seven dollars a gallon to fill up to, to heat up their home in the winter, right? They're taking that number into their budget, yet their increase in in, in, in pay has only been four percent, right? Guess what has to happen is as the seller of that house, I have to lower my price. Does this make sense? Does this sound right? Does this look right? Right. I have to lower my price so that I can move that unit. If if I'm renting a property and now these people have to heat their they have to heat that apartment, right? And electric is going up and oil is going up and all this stuff is going up. Guess what? And I'm projecting that the rents are going to keep going up and they're going to keep going high, right? then I'm going to wind up in trouble because people aren't going to move in there. I'm going to give you a perfect example of this. Recently, I purchased the house, and here's how I uncovered it. It's a single-family house, and it's in an amazing location. I purchased it. We bought it at a great price, and we fixed it up, right? And my plan originally was, you know, I was like, I, don't, I typically don't buy and hold single-family residents and rent. I don't hold them. I flip them. I only have one in my portfolio right now, right? And maybe I'll, I'll get another one close to my office here that I really like. But this one, I bought it 
because I really, really like this property. I really like the location. Just to give you an idea, it's about two blocks from our local university here in town, where I invest here in the Poconos, and it's three blocks from our biggest hospital. So you have professors, students, nurses, doctors. We have a great pool of people, and we are five minutes away from New Jersey and 65 miles west of New York City. We have a big commuter community here. We put this on the market, right? We fixed it. We rehabbed it. We did our due diligence and we looked at, hey, my property manager and I sat down. We say, hey, what are these properties selling for? What what are they renting for? And we looked at the market and we saw the baseline and we were like, okay, $2,200, right? When we put this property on the market for $2,200, it sat. We only had one application. It sat for three weeks. Yet there's no inventory on the market right? There's nothing on the market. Um, There was a handful of properties for rent on the market. And after three weeks, I'm telling my property manager, I'm saying, hey, what in the world is going on? Why haven't we filled this place? The place is beautiful. It's fully rehabbed. It's, It's everything is done. Why are we freaking renting this thing? Right? And so, so, we, we sat down and we went in on the MLS and we started looking around. We started looking at other people that had houses for rent at the similar price point. We found a couple, a handful like this. We went into one, for instance, up the street from mine, actually in a better location than mine, it, here in down, downtown. We went into into that one. We looked at, a, he, this person was asking for 2300 or something like that. We looked at it, and he, this person had been sitting on this property on the market, vacant, since before Thanksgiving. Now it's February when we're looking at this. Is the middle to the end of February. We're looking at this. And this this house, this house has been sitting there since before Thanksgiving, like the week before Thanksgiving. If I have a property, if I have oh, those investors listening to me, guys, you know that um, uh, December, January, February, that's 90 days. That's a quarter, right, of your cash flow. 90 days with a vacancy. I have a, a property vacant for 90 days. I'm losing it. Right, I'm I'm losing it. What the hell? Like I'm it's killing my cash flow. So I decided to look a little more. Whoa, what the hell? 90 days still still vacant. So we decide to go deeper. Okay, when did this person buy this property? So we realized this person bought this property, I think September, October, and they bought it for retail. So they bought it at a certain price point, right? They bought it, I think, at 200000 or something like that in the marketplace. And the taxes are really high here in our area, just so you know. So it's hard to cash flow in, 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 in Monroe County, Pennsylvania, because our taxes, we have the highest tax school tax rate in the whole state of Pennsylvania. So it's hard to cash flow. It's harder to cash flow. So we we went there and we looked at what he paid for and he paid, he paid retail for this property. And then it dawned on me. Then I said, ah, he overpaid for this. So he can't lower, he or she can't lower their price. Because if not, they're going to be negative cash flowing. So, so these are just little telltale signs of what I just what I'm talking about, right? Little telltale signs. So this person went pay retail. That now they they they're sitting with a vacant property. They have it at a high high rent amount, right? For the area, but of course for the area, and they can't rent it. So when you start doing your due diligence and you start digging deep, there's a big challenge lying underneath this market that most investors and and no one is wanting to talk about. 
we can't keep pushing these rents up to the max and these rents cannot keep growing before a breaking point. Now, what do you think is going to happen to that investor that has this house in the market in a year, two years, when they can't, when, when, or, or another four or five months, they can't rent it? Or if they have to rent it, they're negative cash flowing. Eventually, I'm going to pick that up for, for 40, 60, or 70 cents on the dollar. Someone else is going to pick it up. He's got to let it go, right? Because if he's only banking on appreciation or he's only banking that, hey, this thing's going to keep going up, you're in trouble. So that's my point. So our strategy now here in my company is our strategy is we play in the affordable housing space. Mm-hmm. And we are paying close attention to the data where we're investing. We're paying very close attention to the average income in the area. And we're making sure that when we buy properties, we're we're creating our own blue ocean. We're not following everyone else. I'm not following what, what everyone else because I got to drive this ship. And if all shit breaks loose, right, and and things hit the fan, we have to come out ahead and we have to come out. We have to stay alive, right? So what we decided to do is we're looking at the numbers closely on our rental portfolio. And we're looking at, hey, what's that? What's that number? What's a third? What's 35, 40% max of the average income, right, for the area? And that's going to be our rental space we're going to play in. Right, we want to be in an affordable space. Right, we're not following what everyone else is doing. And if we're affordable, if we're in an affordable space there, and it's profitable for us, and at the based on the price that we buy it, and it's still profitable for us, and that's a deal for us. Right? Does that make sense? Does that feel right? Look right? Right? Then that's a deal for us, and this is how we're kind of processing and charting these waters. I, I personally believe that we're going to have continuous growth in terms of equity here in 2022. I also do believe that there will be some some continuous rent growth. Me personally and our team, we can follow that based, based on our market, based on what we're looking at. And I'm going to challenge you to start looking at the markets like this, to start paying closer attention. Another thing that we're doing here is we're starting to pay close attention to, on our flip side, to what what's the price point that's moving the fastest, right? What's the f- affordable? I want to play in the affordable space. If you are playing in the A-class space, gas prices, this Russia issue is not going to affect you, right? Gas prices going to $8, 10 that's not going to affect upper middle class people. Don't worry about how much it costs them to put gas. They just put gas, right? It's, it's a middle class. I play in the C, B, and C class space, right? This is a working class American that has a regular job and don't have the opportunity to make an extra five or ten thousand dollars a month in bonuses or commission or anything like that. Right. The affordable space. So what we're doing is we looked at the data locally here. We got in the MLS and we looked at the data and we noticed that, hey, the sweet spot for us is property selling between 150 to 275. Right. We those move really quick. And that's the affordable space. And there's none, there's none of that stuff out here. So what we decided to do was, hey, we're gonna we're gonna look at those. And when we're flipping properties, we're gonna focus on finding those that ARV in that range because we want to get in and we want to get out. So so that's my thought, guys. I don't personally believe that it's sustainable what we're going through. And I'm an investor, and this is my game full time, but I don't believe that it's comp- it's sustainable long term. I, I believe that middle America is getting 
absolutely crushed right now. And at this rate, it's not sustainable. Anyways, let me know your thoughts. Uh, drop me a comment. I want to I wanna debate this with you. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me if you think that the way I'm seeing this and the way I'm processing this, or am I being a pessimist? I, I believe that, again, that I'm, I'm being cautiously optimistic and what you don't know can kill you in business, right? And what I don't know can kill my business. I'm just constantly paying attention to the data. So anyways, guys, I appreciate you guys watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, you've been listening to Latinos and Real Estate Investing Podcast. Appreciate you guys. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Latinos in Real Estate Investing Podcast, the top information hub for real estate investors and entrepreneurs within the Latino community. If you like to invest passively in real estate with our group, please email martin at premierridgecapital.com.